Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and today with me on the podcast is the one and only Mindy Kirkland. Welcome, Mindy. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So happy to have you, um, Mindy is a lifelong friend. She has known me since I was uh, 10 or 11 years old. She actually is the woman that studied the Bible with me that taught me so much about Jesus when I was first learning about the Bible and about God and learning to love God for the first time. And so it is like the joy of my life that she is now on the podcast with me. She is my hero in the faith. Absolutely. And Sean and Mindy lead a church in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they have two teenagers, which is crazy. They are now older than the age I was <laughs> when she was a 20-something changing my life. So, uh, but Mindy, I'm so happy that you're here and going to share Thank some wisdom you. with us. And uh, yeah, I'll hand Me it over. Me too. Me too. People are probably going to want my email for good Alexandra stories, and I will be happy to share <laughs> those with you. So, he has all you know, the dirt, all of it. Good overall days. I've got it all. Yep. <laughs> good stuff. Um, but today I wanted to share a little bit about um, something that's really changed my discipleship over the last few years um, that lately I've been going back to a whole lot. Um, and that's the idea of God being enough for me. And um, there have been times in my life when hardship hit, when God was saying no to me or wait, Alexander and I have both been through that, um, or when I don't even know what God thanked me, but when I've had to wrestle with whether God was enough in my life and my journey led me down a path to some wonderful scriptures that I'd like to share today. So the first scripture I wanted to share really lays out the concept well, and then we're going to dig a little deeper into it. But it's Psalm 73, uh, verses 25 and 26. It says, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And on the surface, this is like a love poem, right? So it's like pining away after the one you love. You're all I need. You're it for me. Everything always just you. and. Indeed, it is a beautiful love poem, but it's also a call back to a time in Israel's history when they entered the promised land. And that word portion is a specific word, and it comes from the various allotments of the promised land that were given to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. When they entered the promised land, the land was divided and given to each tribe based on the size of the tribe. Um, and it was a wonderful system where each tribe farmed their land, traded with one another, and et cetera. And every 50 years, the original land was turned back to the original family. All debts were canceled, so there could be just a total redo. And that portion of the promised land that was given to your family belonged to you. And it meant livelihood and food and home and family. But one tribe was not given a portion. The tribe of Levi was chosen as priests for God. They were holy and they were set apart. They carried the Ark of the Covenant and they ministered in the tabernacle and eventually in the temple. They weren't given a portion of the land. And instead, they were given cities to live in within the portions of the other tribes. And they lived on the food the other tribes brought in as sacrifice. So they were literally dependent on everyone else obeying God. Only if everybody else obeyed would they be fed and taken care of. 
But what God promised them was that he would be their portion. And God was going to have to literally physically be enough for them. Like he had, mm-hmm. they had to trust him and rely on him for even the very food to eat. Um, Deuteronomy 10, nine says, for this reason, Levi does not have a portion or inheritance like his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance as the Lord, your God told him. And, you know, when I think about the scripture, I can't help but think of first Peter two, nine that teaches us that we're a priesthood. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that means God is supposed to be our portion too, right? That's the promise. God is the promise. We're not supposed to be expecting a piece of the promised land. Uh, But I think for a lot of us, myself included, when we became disciples, we bought sort of a God plus plan. So I bought into God totally. Yes, I am in love with him. He really is the love poem. But (laughs) I also am very keenly aware that all these other things come with it. Like, Um, God plus I get to marry an amazing brother and God plus my kids become disciples and God plus my husband never struggles with purity or God plus not feeling rejection or God plus never feeling the devastation of my own mistakes or God plus great friendship. So when you buy into that plan, the God plus plan, what happens when you are still single a decade later, or if your husband falls away, or if your kids are rebellious or your friends leave, right? Wow. And it seems then that if you buy a God plus plan, life is set up to just be one big disappointment after another, because life isn't all of that. It's not all wonderful and perfect and amazing. And it reminds me a bit of gymnastics. So my daughter is a gymnast and it's the craziest sport because they start off with a perfect score and then everything they do just chips away at perfection. Like, that's just crazy. Like in basketball, you earn points. It adds up. But no, in gymnastics, we're taking it away. We're knocking you down, you know? But I think sometimes for some of us, our discipleship feels that way. Like when we signed up, we signed up for the promised land. But instead, we got air pollution and traffic, right? It's like, (laughs) this isn't what we signed up for. We started out with a 10, a perfect 10. And it's like life has been just chipping away at us. And we're left with some, you know, like 7.5 score trying to live with that, you know? And, um, I think of it sort of when I think of them wandering in the desert and entering the promised land that, you know, you're, you're in the promised land and you run into someone or you're in the desert, you're someone's heading to the promised land and you run into them and they tell you all about God and all about how awesome the promised land is going to be. So you join them and the promised land was beautiful and abundant until we all got there. And then We overworked the soil, fought against invading armies, fought with each other, fought on the best way to do this or that. And it was just one disappointment after another. Mm. But that's not how Jesus sold it. Jesus did not sell a God plus plan. He was like, look, you're going to have no place to lay your head. You're going to be hated. People will think they're doing a service to God if they kill you. Mm. So why don't you come follow me? (laughs) Right? Like he actually did not sell a God plus plan. He said, all of these things are going to exist for you, but I will be with you. I will send the Holy spirit to be with you that you won't go through these things alone. He said in this life, you will have many troubles, but take heart, right? I've overcome the world. I will be with you. God is the portion. He's the promise and he has to be enough for us. You know, one thing I love the very most about the kingdom of God, it's not the diversity, although diversity is cool, 
And it's not the fact that you have been commanded to love me and forgive me, which is also cool. (laughs) I do love that. Makes me secure knowing you have to love me. But what I love the most is that some days when we're together at a conference somewhere and the worship music begins and we begin to pour out our hearts to God, my very favorite thing is knowing that you are feeling the same way about God that I'm feeling right now, Hmm. that you are just as enamored, just as in love, that your heart is just breaking over wanting to be with him. And I can be sitting next to an old friend or a brand new friend. And when that music starts, I know we feel the same way about God. What binds us together is our shared love for God. It's that you are as into him as I am because he's the prize. He's the portion. He's the whole thing. All we need, everything. And when God God is enough, my heart is at rest. My soul is at peace. When he's not enough, I'm anxious, I'm striving, I'm disappointed, I'm fearful. So my hope is to just be a woman whose God is enough for me. Oh, amen. Thank you so much for sharing, Mindy. That was so powerful and uh, so moving to really think about God being our portion and God being enough for us. And um, I so relate and appreciate even what you're, you're sharing about the God blessed plan. And I think that that is just a brilliant way of describing how I think Christianity has come to be kind of packaged today. Yeah, and I think point. In, in our own church culture, without realizing it, sometimes we package it that way. Like, yes, I totally have. Yes. I'm like, I mean, isn't it better though? (laughs) Which I mean, I'm going to be honest. I would still, you know, what is, what did that phrase people say? Right. Like my worst day in the kingdom is still better than my best day, you know, which I, I agree. I think that I'm so thankful for, you know, to be a disciple, even on the bad days. But I think what you emphasize is why it's about God. It's not about, you know, it's about the gift giver, not about the gifts. Right. And, um, so thank you for reminding us of that. And I think calling us to a God centered Christianity rather than a us centered Christianity. And, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that right now there's probably some people that are listening to the podcast going, Oh boy, I think I've gotten a little entitled in my relationship. (laughs) I think I've been going for the God plus plan and, uh, you know, maybe expecting, you know, things to go a certain way and why haven't they? And, um, you know, if you were to sit down and talk with someone that is kind of going, Hey, I think I, I think I've gotten confused about some of this stuff. I think I've gotten a little mixed up here about my you know, that God is my portion rather than all these God plus these other things. How would you, how do you kind of reorient yourself when you find yourself in that mode of God plus these things are my portion? How do you change that? Do you think? Um, I think, you know, I wish I had some really novel, like, you know, (laughs) thing, but, um, honestly, I think, the first thing is we just have to be in our Bibles. And Mm. um, there are several things I would recommend studying. I mean, I think studying out God being a portion has been just incredible for me. There's so many Psalms that mention it. And I love 
once you start making those connections in the Bible, every time you see it um, yes. in the scriptures, it brings up so much um, and reminds us of this great truth that needs to be in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think digging into your Bible, there's an incredible book that will help you do that called Becoming a Woman Who's God is Enough by Cynthia Heald. Um, I am a huge okay. Cynthia Heald fan. Um, she has basically workbooks that don't give you a whole lot of commentary. She gives you a little bit, but mostly she asks you questions and has you dig into scriptures. So she'll have you look at five scriptures on like discernment or something and ask you what they have in common and what it teaches you about discernment. You know, it's like such, it's just great quiet wow. times. Um, she has a whole bunch of them. The first Cynthia Heald book I ever was really transformed by was Becoming a Woman of Excellence. Just about like guarding your tongue and... Mm, very, very good. Um, but <laughs> about two years ago, I grabbed her becoming a woman who's God is enough. And I just think it's uh, impeccable. I've probably read it in the last two years, three times. Oh my goodness. Uh, maybe That's awesome. Yeah. It's super good. Um, and so I would recommend that setting out portion. I think also realizing that so many of the things we struggle with, this is their root, mm. right? So disappointment, bitterness, um, lack of contentment, all of these things are really at their root because God isn't enough for us that we want something else. We want more. And when I find myself, which I have getting mad at God, even you know, for not definitely. But yet, if we think about it, like that's not the kind of love we really dream of. Mm-mm. The kind of love we really dream of is the kind of love where you're laying in your bed, you're a young married person, you don't have two nickels to rub together and you're singing the song, even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. Right. Like we, we want, um, <laughs> most people your age have no idea. I know that. what song you're talking about. Don't worry. I'm with you. <laughs> but w- like, that's the kind of, yeah, that's the kind of love we dream about where if I'm with you, nothing else matters. Right. Everything. Right. And so I think um, a part of it is just falling in love with God again, studying out who he is. He is mm-hmm. just so worthy of praise. He is like everything excellent. Like mm-hmm. I heard a sermon on Sunday um, in West Virginia that was about how we value greatness in our culture. We, you know, we go, we pack stadiums full of hundreds of thousands of people to just worship greatness, right? Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that guy just did that. Or we go to concerts to worship greatness. And if we knew how God, how great God was, we would worship him all. And uh, it was so profound. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what this is. Like when, when you see him for who he is, he really will be all you need wow. um, because he's that magnificent. Oh, man. Oh, that's powerful. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. And I am definitely, I can't wait to go get that book. I'm going to get that first. That's going to be my 2022. I already figured it out. You're starting my year off. Um, And Mindy, I love hearing you talk about God and the scriptures. And it's like taking me back to when I was a teen learning about God, because I feel like, um, you know, and I was lucky enough to grow up in a Christian household and have a lot of people in my life that taught me to love God's word. But I do remember us studying together every week. And you were one of the people that made me feel like every week I could discover something about God and discover something about the Bible. And I think even hearing you now talking about, okay, yeah, like if you're off on something, how do we get back on track? You got to discover it in the scriptures. Like it's really not that complicated, but I think, 
I think sometimes we want, yeah, these, even an easy fix other than reading the Bible. We want like a, you know, a, I don't know, an antidote or something rather than going, that's not the right word. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea that, no, no, you got to dig into the word. And I think the excitement of that, I mean, there's nothing, I feel like there's no greater feeling in my life than when you geek out over something. in the oh, Totally. <laughs> yes. And yes. I think that's why we've always been kindred spirits is because you, you made it cool for me to geek out over the that's scriptures. Right. <laughs> unite. That's right. Well, and the funny thing is that, um, digging into the word is the easy fix because the harder path, here's the thing you will discover that God is enough. Yeah. And you can either do that by digging into the Bible and you can surrender your heart so that no matter what happens in your life, you're already there wow. or God will strip away the idols in your life until you are left face to face with the only place you can get your fulfillment. Because the scriptures teach us every knee is going to bow, right? At some point, everyone's going to go, oh my goodness, he really is everything that's great. But it is so much better to get ourselves there. That is the easy path. (laughs) The Bible is the easy way. The hard way is life, right? Life is the Mm -hmm. hard way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've learned some of these things in the scripture and some of them because God has just made me face him, you know, with the disappointments in my life, with the no's to my prayers, with um, the weight to my prayers. Um, He has forced me to face him and make a decision about whether he's going to be enough for me or not. Um, and exposed how fragile all the idols are that I build on. Right. It's really? like, they're all so fragile anyway. And I think the older I get, um, the more I really long to only cling to things that can't be taken from. Me. And if God is enough for me, you can put me in jail. I still got him. If God is enough for me, I can grieve, um, big losses on earth. And I still have what my soul most needs and desires. Like they're really, what can you do to me? Really? Right. What can man do to me? Hebrew says, I mean, what, what, bring it, what you got, you know? Um, but only if I cling to things that can't be taken and Mm -hmm. even the good things in this life, like marriage or children, or even friends in the kingdom, they can be taken. Absolutely. And God just, he can't be. Yeah. Um, Ooh, okay. Well, this is getting me emotional. No, I think that that is a great point because I think um, so many of the, even because I think even as disciples, right, even if we maybe have stopped clinging to our careers or stopped clinging to, I don't know, our looks, <laughs> popularity, mm-hmm. like I think there's oh, a lot well. of things that yeah. if you're listening to this podcast that you probably have gone, eh, that thing is not worth it anymore, you know? But I think, for me, I think relationships with people Ooh, yeah. that I love. Yeah. And I know in the last couple of years, we were just talking about this before we even started recording about my dad, who's my hero, you know, and the idea that even he is temporary and not going to be with us forever and already isn't totally with us anymore. And that idea of, oh my goodness, like my dad can't be my portion. He can't be this he can't replace God in my life. Other, you know, people can't replace God. My husband can't, my children certainly can't. So this idea of even the things that we go, but it's not worldly, like loving people. That's not a worldly thing Mm -hmm. to love and to put our, to put our, you know, even so much of our care and confidence in, 
but it still isn't God. And um, so I feel like I need that reminder of, okay, yeah, like those things, we all are going to die, right? We're all, we're all very mortal. And I think the longer that we live, the more we realize that. Um, so I really am thankful for that reminder that, that you kind of shared with us. Um, if you were to say, um, just thinking about, I don't know, these next, I, I think even starting a new year, right. And the idea of starting 2022 and kind of going into a new year, if you were to sit down with somebody and say, okay, here's the one thing, focus on this. Cause I think we're going to hear a lot coming at us spiritually in the next couple of weeks here about, okay, here's how you set your mind on God being enough, or here's how you should intentionally do this or that. What would you, what would you share with a younger woman? Okay. Just do this one thing going into a new year. How would you encourage them that God's enough? I would say, um, run after God. I would say, um, you know, I've thought a lot lately about David and how the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And there's so many ways to interpret that, but the way I love to think about that is that means he chased God's heart. He was after him, right? After him. I'm going to get him. I'm getting him. I'm, ha- I'm holding on to a piece of him, you know? Yeah. And I think that for each of us, there have come times in our life spiritually where we quit chasing God. And it's like, I know for me, this happened um, a few months ago. I realized that I was curling up with God still. Um, you know, we were buddies and we were chilling together. Um, <laughs> we were just, you know, we had our coffee and we just sat together and it was awesome. But I wasn't chasing him anymore. And um, I, I wasn't hungry anymore. And, hmm. um, and therefore I wasn't getting filled. Right. And I was filling up on a lot of junk food and not on the living water. And I think hmm. um, start chasing God for some people that's going to mean you get in your Bible, no matter what comes in your day. I don't care if it's midnight, you lay your head down on the, on the bed and you realize, I haven't read my Bible today. And you pop up, you dog on, get out your Bible and you read it and you commit. I will chase God, I'm going to run after him. And it's going to mean breaking some bad habits and it's going to be all legalistic at first, right? Because your habits are all wonky (laughs) and that's okay, but do it because you're going to chase God. And for some people, it's going to be prayer. And you're going to be like, man, I haven't had a focused prayer in two years. You know, prayer is a big thing for me. I struggle. I am so just all over the place and Mm. prayer. I have to chase her all the time. If I'm going to chase God, for some people, it's going to be chasing spiritual relationships and, um, realizing that if I'm always with my disciple friends and we never talk about God, there's a problem. Um, then we're not chasing God, right? We've Mm. stopped chasing him. Um, we used to man back in whatever days, right. We used to get together and talk about our quiet times or, but I haven't done that in years. Like that is a, a, an anemic sign of spiritual health. That God isn't always what you want to talk about with disciples, especially because then there's no shame, right? It's the, the more you're into Jesus, the cooler you are in the kingdom. So like, yeah. like that should be like, it's not like you have to face rejection or you shouldn't have to face mm. rejection for loving God more, but whatever it looks like for you, wherever you have quit chasing God, that's what you got to go after. Like whatever's in the way I will chase God and I will chase after him above all things um, because he's the only thing that matters. So I would say identify um, where you quit, where you quit running. Oh my goodness. Mindy, I feel like this has been the best. I'm so 
grateful for you coming on today and sharing these things. I really do feel like this is totally just the message that I needed to hear. And I feel like that idea of going, yeah, like I want to chase God, no matter what it looks like, I've got to go for it and I got to go after it. I even think what you said about sometimes it's going to feel a little legalistic at first when you're starting to chase God again. Ain't that the truth? We wish it was just all pure motives, but it's not, it's never going to, I want, uh, I wish it was that way, but it's true. Sometimes we just got to start with habits, break some. Because sin is right there with me, right? That's what the scripture says. It's right there with me. That's right. Come on. That's good. Well, Mindy, I am so thankful for you being here. We definitely are going to have to get you back on because this was too good. But You're um, the best. I love you so much. Love you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's episode of My Everyday Chaos. Um, Make sure that you like and subscribe um, so that you don't miss out on more incredible people talking about God and helping point us to him and life's craziness and its distractions. So thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Have a great week.